Hello, everyone, and welcome back to What's Your Mess? This is your host, Tracy D. Armstrong, and we have another exciting time here where we're going to have a special guest share her mess. Let's welcome Queen Chi. Tell everybody a little bit about yourself, Queen. Thank you so much, Tracy, for having me here today. I appreciate you. I'm excited to be able to speak to your audience. Well, like you said, I am Queen Chi, and I am the champion of women leaders, women CEOs, women who don't otherwise have a safe place because we are the end all, be all, we are the top of the food chain. And so we usually go it alone. We have to be the strong one all the time. And so I am the coach of those type of women who teach them how to um, command everything from within so they bow to nothing without. Oh, wow. Amazing. That's what I'm talking about. So I know that you haven't always been the queen, the, the one who, if you're listening, you can't see, she wears a crown and she represents. You haven't always done that. Can you tell everyone a little bit about some of the mess that you may have gone through in life? Absolutely. So growing up, I grew up in the house of a strong, independent queen. Okay. She, queen with a capital Q, um, ruler, woman, right? Very, a lot of masculine energy. And however, she did not allow me the same freedom of expression. My family is from the South, um, from Mississippi. And so they believed in children are seen and not heard and in strict obedience. And so how I'm so boisterous and a champion of others now and I stand up for myself and don't care about other people's opinions. Now I was very much a people pleaser. I suffered very severely from abandonment and rejection issues because of my dad not being present. And because of that, I had, you know, even though I'm beautiful, okay, on the outside, but on the inside, I did not accept that. I had low self-esteem and low confidence. Um, you couldn't tell because again, my model was we don't cry out here in these streets because I'm also a Chicagoan. So, you know, we urban up in here and we, we don't be punked out here in these streets. We don't show no emotion. You don't show emotion or tears because that is a sign of weakness again because my mother flowed in very masculine energy. So yeah, I had all of those issues and I covered them up with the judgment of others and, you know, perfectionism and people pleasing and, you know, just always, you know, a leader in front, uh, perfect in front, but behind the scenes when I was alone crying, um, bouts of depression, like so many things was off, like in a lot of our leaders that you have no idea <laughs> what be going on behind the scenes. So that was me. I was absolutely a whole hot mess. Okay. 
Well, I completely, I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. Same type of household, mother was the same way, strong, better not cry out there. You and it was the you better be seen and not heard. Most definitely heard the same thing. So, how did that affect you mentally? Your mindset? Mentally, I didn't know who I was, and so I allowed other people's opinions, other people, what they thought of me, how they saw me, um, what they wanted for me to shape my life. And so I fast forwarded to my adulthood, I was actually living my day in, my day out, according to the expectations and beliefs of other people. And if anybody out there who is living that experience, you know that that is an absolute hell. Mm -hmm. Who you are to not know really what you desire to do. Just know that you want something different, but you're so scared and so afraid because you lack confidence and the surety because everyone else has put you in this framework, in this box of their limited beliefs about you. And you've just been going along with it that you're just like, okay, well, this is, this has to be all it is. And it's okay. Like you just need to be grateful. You just need to be content. You just need to just go with the flow. Right. But no, you are, you are unlimited possibility. So whatever you want to do. And so that was mentally. So I'm, I'm hearing in a lot of these things we can, I most definitely, I, I feel you 100% feel you completely, especially with the people put you in the box and people have an expectation of what you're supposed to do. So how about your emotions? How did um, that, trying to live up to that, how did that affect you emotionally? Emotionally, it's hard to be a people pleaser, right? Because you Mm -hmm. really validate your worth based on the expressions, the reactions of other people, because you always wanted that pat on the back, that affirmation that you're a good girl, that you did it right, that you, you know, that that's their expression of love towards you. And when you feel like you messed up, like your whole world just falls apart because you're like, I suck. And you become your biggest hater. That mean girl inside your head, she be going off, okay? Talking all kind of trash about how you not this and how you not that and you not enough and you not smart enough and you not good enough and you not pretty enough and you just not enough, right? And that takes a toll on you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, like everything about you is affected by that when you put all of your power in the hands of others. Mm, facts. You are speaking facts. Now, with that being said, you said you you put on, you kind of put on a, a face, right? Inside, you were feeling a certain way. Mentally, you were feeling a certain way. Sometimes you were feeling like you were not worthy. How did that affect you socially? Socially, you put on the facade, right? You that. Mm-hmm you make it you all good you know y'all do it every every Sunday at church you know y'all who go to church, you know how you doing blessed and highly favored you feel like trash and life look like trash you just really upset on the inside but you quote those you know those little fake sayings or whatever your, your Christian needs and so it was it was pretty much like that 
when you go outside, it's showtime, right? I am like, right. I should be, you know, Emmy Oscar winner, okay? I'm trying to tell you these skills over here was impeccable. You go outside, you go outside of your, your comfort zone, your realm of, of your home, your room, whatever, and you turn it on right everything is wonderful you are always in a great mood I literally somebody could be saying something to me that devastated my insides like you you are breaking my heart with your words and you would not know I was mm. like I you know I I understand I you know I'm sorry you feel that way and I'm just like you know well I hope you know we can work through it or whatever and I'll take that into consideration da, da, da. I am dead on the inside okay Mm-hmm. and it had got to a point where I was going crazy because I would relive those moments over and over again so when I got alone I would play it back over and over again but in addition to playing it back I would say what I what I thought I should have said and then I would mm-hmm. respond as the other person what they would have said back to me and then I would respond back again what I should have said to that right this whole theatrical drama that I'm putting on alone, okay, by myself, in my car, in my room, in my shower, whatever, right? And it got to the point, I was like, this is not normal. This is not healthy. This is not helpful. And I began to pray and cry out to God, like, I'm literally going crazy. Like, I know this is is not the life that you have for me to be sitting here being hurt and damaged by people and not being able to say what's on my heart or tell people or communicate properly that that's not okay and have proper boundaries. But you have to remember I was groomed since birth. Shut up and smile. Mm-hmm. That's right. In my house, there was no sucking of teeth. There was no opinion. There was no comeback. There was no thought. It's whatever my mama said. It is yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Amen. Okay. So I want to throw that out there to parents. Listen, give your children a voice. They are not many versions of you. They they like different stuff. They have different minds, different attitudes, different dreams and visions. Other than you, it is your job to steward them to help them into becoming the person that they were purposed to be, not to make them many versions of your lost hopes and dreams that you cast <laughs> on them, right? So right. voice, okay? Allow them to be able to communicate because when they go out into the world, the world is going to trample all over them because they lack basic communication skills. And so I know my mother did not intend <laughs> to do that but she handicapped me in that way for a really long time because I did not have the basic communication skills emotionally to be able to set up proper boundaries and tell people like you you out of line right here this is not okay I would just take it so (laughs) (laughs) so with with you just taking it okay go from there how did that, because you mentioned the word boundaries and you mentioned how you were not able to emotionally communicate effectively. How did that affect your status of life when you were going through that? 
Well, again, I was a, a master actress, right? So I was able to be in public and engage with people or whatever as I got older. Now, when I was growing up, like social groups and gatherings, they always thought that I was stuck up, right? Like mm. she's cute. She got an attitude problem. She stuck up. It wasn't that I thought I was cute and I had an attitude problem and I was stuck up. It was that I was insecure because of my rejection and my abandonment issues. And I did not know if you were going to be able to handle and accept the real me of who I was. Like, I am funny. I am like life. Like I have all this to give, but I wasn't sure that when we you go into social settings that they could handle all of that or they, or they would even want to, right? And so I had my little, my little circle of trust, okay? Like on the Falkers, you in the ring of trust. And you make it to the ring, like you are like lifelong, we is dying together type of friendship, right? And they get to see all of me. But the outside people, like the, the conversations would be so dry, which is why they thought I was like, oh, she just, ugh, right? Because mm-hmm. they, if I don't know you or I didn't know you, I would just sit there because this is a strange environment for me. And I'm naturally discerning. I like, watch people and see how they interact and what they're doing, right? What's their energy and stuff like that. I still do that to this day. But back then, I would just sit there unless somebody tried to engage with me. So naturally, a person asks you, well, you know, what's your name? And I would be like, Quita. And then that silence. <laughs> so yeah. Then they would be like, ask me another question. And I'm going to answer that question. And that's all you going to get. It's like pulling teeth. And it's like, this girl, she, she different. They didn't want to say I was weird or awkward because you don't think pretty people could be weird or awkward. So they just thought I was stuck up and bougie or whatever. No, she was weird and awkward <laughs> because I did not know how to communicate and really socialize with people that I did not trust to be in my intimate space. So I, you know, grew up, went through life and I learned to develop relationships on the surface, right? Because I've always worked in like corporate America and these high echelons of circles of people. So I learned to move through there, but still not let anybody in. So it's just really on the surface, not really in depth with relationships, and again, I have my circle, my ring. And if you're in the ring, you're in the ring. If you out the ring, you get kicked out the ring. You don't come back to the ring because you, no, right? So it, it was like deep like that. Um, but yeah, like I said, it that not having confidence in yourself because you don't have a voice and you really don't trust people because you really think that, they're going to reject you if they see all of you, the real you, the whole you, all of your isms and schisms and stuff. So you just don't show that. You just be the, the fake Barbie doll cover girl version of yourself that you know is acceptable to society and all of the things that you think that is not widely accepted, you just hold to yourself. Mm-hmm. And it is devastating. You know, if you think about it for on your mental your emotions to not be able to fully be yourself authentically you everywhere that you go mm-hmm. so that was my life for a lot a <laughs> lot, 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 lot of years 
<laughs> so and and I was just about to go there. I was about to, I was just about to ask you. Okay, so let let's go back. About how many years do you think you went through that? And when did you change? How did you change? Oh, that's a good question. So the changes were, I want to say systematic, I guess. Now, I didn't know they were systematically happening, but they were systematically happening, you know, divinely from our creator. And so, you know, I want to say I was like that all the way through my 20s. Mind you, I'm married, y'all, too, doing this point. I got married at 19. So I don't know myself, and I'm, you know, got these abandonment, rejection issues, all this emotional distress, and all these different things, and I'm still fake, you know, and I got a whole husband. So <laughs> we're going together with this fake person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mother, and I'm still fake. You know, so all these things are happening. And then, you know, I'm a leader. I'm thrown into leadership in all these different realms, still fake, right? And so um, I remember one particular incident with my husband. Now, I didn't have a safe space with my mom, right? Because she was mm -hmm. sucking up buttercup, you know, such is life, right? So you learn to just be a G, okay? You don't crack, you just, unless you by yourself, don't nobody know. And I remember right. one particular time when I, um, after being married, I was upset about something. And I thought that when I got married, finally, I got this safe space, right? It's my lifelong person, right? And I can be vulnerable. And this lovely man was like, I mean, well, what them tears going to do? Okay. <laughs> got it. So that continued Alonza, you cry. When ain't nobody watching, you know, when you in the bed by yourself, you cry into your pillow, you let them tears out, you release, you get a little space of freedom, and then you keep on moving like nothing happened, you didn't miss a beat. And so that happened all the way through my 20s. When I began to get in my 30s, I started to shift. I don't know if you women know, but out every 10 years of your life, you shift, okay? Physically, mentally, emotionally, right? spiritually and so in my out in my 30s the shift happened and I began to get like weary like of all the facades of all the fakeness of not um seeing the true desires of my heart actually be manifested in my life and so I started doing things differently I started really like okay God <laughs> I want more this right here is not enough I can't do this anymore. I know, I know, I know, I know that you did not make me, create me, purpose me to be in this state. And so I began to shift. I began to go deeper in the word. I began to go deeper in worship. I began to go deeper in study of like different things as far as gratitude and growth and personal development. And I got to the point where I became bold enough that I was like, I don't want to work in corporate America anymore. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to do my own thing. I want to answer to myself. I want to take vacation when I want to take vacation, go to lunch when I want to go to lunch, go to the bathroom when I want to go to the bathroom with nobody's input, right? Right. So I talked to my husband about it and we made this big old faith leap and we left Virginia where we were 
and had been for 15 years. And we packed up our family of six and we moved to Texas with the, I'm going to be a full-time entrepreneur. We don't have nothing to fall back on. We ain't had no jobs. We just going to come in. We're going to do it, right? And that was a process still because, all right, guys. I'm a full-time entrepreneur. You told me this is going to be my, my land of milk and honey. Let's get here and do it, right? Get here. And then that mean girl in my head, she started talking. Girl, who you fooling? <laughs> y'all going to die. <laughs> y'all going to came out here like the Israelites. Y'all going to came out here to die. What you, how you going to pay your bills? You don't got no job. You don't have no clients. You don't know what you're doing. You have no idea what you're doing. An entrepreneur, like all these things. And so it was like a battle of myself. Because I don't know if y'all know this. Your biggest struggle, your biggest battle, your biggest competitor is you. It's nobody else. It is you, right? So I had to get over myself. (laughs) And then I started winning, right? But still, it was patterns that were still there, were still residue of different things. Because another thing I found out is that I was, I wasn't deeply, deeply religious, but I was religious enough, right? Mm-hmm. So if I say religious enough, I had that judgmental, the Bible says, and you gonna go to hell if you don't, da-da-da-da-da to people, right? And I'm in my mind, I'm like, I'm holding you accountable so you could be great and you don't burn in hell and you don't die in sin, right? But on the other side of that, it's a whole human being who you're like just dumping trash on, telling them they nothingness because they made some type of error according to your understanding, Mm. right? Right. (laughs) That's how I was operating, so... I finally came into having a community because that was another thing. I still had this circle, my circle Mm -hmm. of trust. And when I had an incident before I moved to Virginia to where people were in my circle, had did some stuff that was betrayal to me. So when I moved to this new place, I was like, I don't want no new friends. No new friends, okay? I'm going to keep the dot Okay, it's not a circle of the dots of friends that I have. The rest of y'all are just acquaintances, associates, whatever. And I will interact with you as I need to. But literally the first year that we moved to Texas, I stayed in my house unless I had to go take my kids to sports, pick them up from school. Like I was a soccer mom and all that other stuff. But at, when I was working, I worked from home. I stayed in my office. I did not go anywhere no social stuff. I ain't want to talk to nobody. I ain't want to meet nobody. Nothing. Traumatized, right? And so I finally get to a point to where I'm ready to be a part of a community that's growing and be around like-minded people and stuff like that. And I found this community called ATS. And, you know, the leader was giving us all of these business tips and life tips, you know, for scaling and winning. But then I asked him to be my mentor. And child, <laughs> the adventure began. <laughs> so the first thing he had me do was a no correction challenge for a whole entire year. 
And I just told y'all that my disposition was, I had to tell you how wrong you was so that you could be great, okay? So to go from judgy, judgy, judge, okay? Executioner, sentencer and executioner to you can't correct nobody, not even your children. Okay. That was an adventure. I'm not going to say a journey. It was an adventure, right? Because I got to know myself, but I also got to understand, respect, honor, and really love people through that. So when you have this judgmental um, take and view about people, you're always looking for what's wrong with them. What's wrong with them so I can help you fix, be fixed, right? Because you just messed up and you need me to come in and save the day and rescue you from your messed up self, right? But when I let that go and I learned from the no correction challenge, I began to really look at people and see them for all of the wonderful greatness, divinity that they are and really understand them and really honor them and appreciate them and their time and energy and you know the life force and the purpose of them, right? And so you engage with people differently when you respect them, when you honor them, when you cherish them, right? And I'm so grateful for that experience. And I'm so grateful because that made my children draw closer to me because now we have the most wonderful relationships with my kids. Like they come in and they tell me about everything. Stuff I don't even want to know, y'all. I don't even want to know. But they share with me. They're open with me. I have the freedom to really impart into them. And a lot of parents don't have that because... They're like, oh, that's my mama, that's my daddy. They're not going to understand, right? But I have that privilege and that honor to be able to share with my children in, in an impactful way and that my words actually have impact mm-hmm. because they know that I'm coming from a place of understanding, a place of empathy, a place of love. And I want truly the best for them so they can be truly who they're supposed to be, right? And so, like I said, I'm very grateful for that experience. And then after that experience, it was like I began to just open up like all these layers, like an onion just began to just peel off of me one by one, two by two, you know, sometimes it was a a slower experience. Sometimes it was like really quickly, like I got it. Oh, wow. And I was like, just at another, another place, right? And so I remember when I first moved to Texas, I had this like open vision and it was myself at the time looking in the mirror and in the mirror, I saw like this gorgeous, like warrior queen, like she was bad. She was decked out. She was confident. She was powerful. She was like, had this presence and this aura. And then you could tell that she's like, was doing things in the earth and the world and walking in purpose. And you would think I'd have been like, I'm excited. Like that's going, that's me. Girl, no. She went into depression because I said, how in the world is my little raggedy self going to ever be her? God, you play too much. Like, no, why you do that to me? 
was not ready, okay? But now I fast forward to even today and last year, and I began to see the manifestation of Queen Chi. Like, it was like a stepping into it, like, yes, okay, yes, okay. Then it was like, oh, I am Queen Chi. And it was like, okay. And then it, it just, things begin to unfold um, from that. And so now I'm in a space to where I am not only coaching in the realm of business, but I have created this whole empire for women called Queen Mogul Empire. And it's really about being a distribution center for women all over the world so that they have a safe space to come to as leaders, so that they also have a place for resources, so that they are empowered to walk in their purpose, and then also that they have a place to understand and be imparted and poured into so that they are whole from the inside out. They're whole in their emotions. They're whole in their spirit realm. They're whole in their mental state. They're whole physically. They're whole financially, right? Mm -hmm. And so now I really understand like a greater magnitude of what Queen Chi is and I embody that. And so I've even moved into the energy healing space. So helping people to remove you know, trapped emotions that have got caught into their body that's causing like mental anguish, anxiety, even um, things as, as high as infirmity and disease and helping them to release that trauma that they've been holding on to either from their life experiences or they were inherited from epigenetics from their, you know, forefathers or that they, if they're empathic, you know, we take on other people's stuff and we don't know that we're just supposed to tap it just so I can empathize with you and, and be able to love on you. But, you know, I, I know because I used to be y'all, we, we absorb it all and they feel so great. And now you feel low, 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 right? And you got to go let it all go and refresh. And they like, yes, right? <laughs> Dancing and celebrating and stuff. But you know, you can take on other people's trauma and it can get stuck in your mm -hmm. energy field. And then you're carrying that and you're having symptoms that are coming up in your body and your emotional realm and your mental realm, your physical realm that you don't even know where it came from, right? That's because you have taken on the responsibility and the trauma of the emotion that it didn't even belong to you, but you held on to it. And now it became a part of you genetically because that it's embedded into your DNA. Mm -hmm. It reshapes and reforms you. So getting clear of that, really understanding women to know who they are and the power and the authority that they possess and the energy field and like what that does when you come into an atmosphere and how you shift and change different things based on the energy that you're releasing. So I'm really excited to be in this place um, that I am now. That is amazing. And I just wanna, I wanna go back, but kind of wrap up with this too. I wanna go back. You say you had the vision of seeing yourself as that queen that warrior. And then you doubted yourself. You said, you know, uh, 
you know, I'm not worthy of that, or how could I ever be that? What would you do, or how would you suggest someone who may see the vision that they can be the queen, but they don't believe that they can be the queen? Kind of like you just said, what suggestions or advice would you give someone so that they can understand how to walk into that vision that they may have already seen for themselves? That is a really great question. Well, there are a few things. And I'm going to say it always starts with you, right? So understanding how you see you, how you treat you, right? And why. So I tell people when stuff happens to you, don't get offended, pause, right? And go inward and find out because you're the one that's triggered, not them. So why are you triggered? What's going on inside of you that you feel violated, that you feel disrespected, that you feel away, right? So if you can see the vision, but you don't see yourself as one who can execute it or one who's worthy of, of doing it, then number one, you don't even understand that you and God are one. And that means that you also don't understand that the conversation that you've been telling yourself over and over again has been one that is toxic and not one that is life. So you have to address that. And you have to, the Bible says that you pull down every thought, every high imagination, everything that is counter to what the creator has said about you. And it doesn't matter where it comes from. If it comes from you, pull it down, choke it out, right? The, the word that is used hebraically that means to pull down means you actually suffocate to choke until it has no more life breath. It's a violent word to choke out anything that comes against the life of who you are, right? So just like you would fight like hell if somebody came with you with a knife and was trying to stab you, you need to have that same disposition about these words because words have power. They are impactful, right? They, they transform the very atmosphere world that we live in was created vibrationally by language. Not words like we're talking right now, but vibrationally by language, right? So there's power. So you need to reverse that. So you need to speak life to yourself. You need to treat yourself well. A lot of times we're looking for external things and people to validate us. So you want to boo to come in and treat you nice. But people treat you how they see you treat you. So if you don't treat you nice because you your first boo, then why should other people treat you nice? If you don't speak well of yourself and you your first supporter, why would other people speak well of you? So I would say implement things that you love. Spend time doing things you love play music let me put another caveat because you know we get in these spaces so you broke up with somebody or somebody hurt your feelings and you gonna listen to songs that talk about the broken heart and you know cheating and all this other stuff to revalidate this emotional distress over and over and over again and you wonder why you can't get over this 
So you are also what you allow into your gates, your eye gates, your ear gates, right? What you touch in your senses, what you actually consume into your body, food wise, you know, knowledge wise. So take care of you, consume things that are life, touch things that are life, and then surround yourself with people who are of high energy, of high value, of high confidence, right? People who are worthy of your presence because you are freaking amazing. And so energy is transferable, it's contagious. So when you come around first rate people, who are positive, who are life givers and life, their life, okay? They are life, right? Then you don't have a choice because they're not going to allow you to be in that space and have low vibrational energy. It cannot exist, right? Because the dominant energy is going to take over. Darkness cannot exist when light is present. And so get yourself around a community of light bearers. That's the other thing. So deal with yourself, deal with your internal situations, get those emotions up out, you release that, you know, deal with your mental and the conversation that you're having in your subconscious that you're telling yourself. And I would say a practical, I'm, I'm always about practic um, practicality. So you cannot address what you have not identified. So one of the things I've done multiple times and I instruct my clients to do is to go for three days, three days. And you're going to take an accounting of every time a negative thought comes up, every time a negative word comes out your mouth, every time a negative emotion comes up in your heart, and you're going to document that over a three-day period, just so you can see how often you fall into this negative space, what you're actually saying, which is what you believe, how you're actually feeling, which is also what you believe, what you're actually doing, which is also based on what you believe, so that now you can identify it. Once you've identified it, now you can correct it. Because what you focus on multiplies and magnifies so now that you identify what it is now you can turn your focus onto correcting it which means bringing in the opposite energy of what that is so if you say negative things and you replace that with the positive things positive energy because you don't have to go through all these changes hopping on one foot turning the circle and all that stuff to shift your vibration you just choose you just that powerful you could be like right now Ugh. okay I'm, I'm happy it's just that simple we make it hard but it's just that simple it is a choice you choose to be whatever emotion you want to that is so true everything you just said I'm just happy that you took the time out to share this knowledge with the listeners. Now, I know you mentioned you have clients and things like that. If someone listening wanted to um, get in touch with you or reach out to you uh, or further their knowledge from you, is there any way that they can reach you? Yes. 
So you can contact um, you can contact me via email. My email is serve and then the letter U at crownqueenchi.com. So serve you at crownqueenchi.com and we'll be happy to um, you know, use us an email, we'll be happy to take you from there. We have resources. So I do have a podcast and a YouTube channel. Um, Crown Queen Chi is my YouTube channel. And then the podcast is called Audacity to Rule. And it's on all of the major podcast platforms such as Audible, Amazon Music, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. So you can go there. It's called Audacity Rule. You'll see my face <laughs> on, the, on the cover. So there on the podcast and the YouTube channel, I do share from the sessions that I, I teach from about, you know, have, reshaping your, your mindset so that it's healthy and whole and then dealing with your emotional things to release those so that you can be the highest expression of who you're called to be. And then we are actually planning a tour right now. So we'll be going on a five or a six city tour in the upcoming future. Um, right now we have solidified Dallas, Texas, Chicago, Illinois, New Jersey, um, North Carolina, and it's one that's missing that's not in my mind right now, but it's somewhere in the United States. <laughs> And then the sixth location is possibly Las Vegas, Nevada. And then we have an upcoming retreat, which is really about um, refreshing and releasing for that woman leader. And that will be in St. Lucia in May of 2023. So we have a lot of things that are upcoming that we're looking forward to. So tap into the community. We also have a Facebook community for the Queen Mogul Empire that you can join as well. Wow, man. I'm gonna have to meet y'all in St. Lucia. I'm gonna have to come to that one for sure. Come I gotta make on. it to that one. Come on, come on, come on, yes. Most definitely. So. Last thing, do you have any last words for our listeners before I let you go? I actually have a gift for your listeners. So I did this um, abundant meditation session with my clients through a Manifest Your Destiny Challenge. And so I want to give that to you to give to your listeners as a gift so that they can be refreshed, they can be healed, they can be abundant in every aspect of their life and really understand the power and the purpose of who you are. That is awesome. Thank you. I thank you now from the listeners. And as we close, what's your mess? I want to leave you with this. If you want to stay sad, live in the past. If you want to be worried and anxious, live in the future. If you want to be happy, focus on the present and be grateful for the things that you have today. This is Tracy D. Armstrong, your Motivational Moments Mentor. Have a great day, y'all.